Well, welcome to Your Questions Answered. And you may have noticed for this week's podcast, Todd and I have switched places. That's because Todd preached a two-part series about rebuilding walls and becoming a wall builder. And I'm going to question him now about a variety of things. My first question for you is, what does the beast in Daniel chapter 9 represent? Is it Russia <laughs> or is it Saudi? Is it Iraq? Or, no, I'm just kidding. Yes. I won't. I'm not going to. We're not going to do that. Right. It was a really good word, really good practical points in there, really good exhortation to light a fire under the seat of every saint to get involved in what God's doing in the mm -hmm. earth today. So I figured I'd give you opportunity. It's always good after you preach to, mm -hmm. you know, have a chance to kind of share things that either you forgot to say or things that you wish you would have said differently. Every preacher does that every Monday morning right, afterward. Sure. But before I get into the message itself, I wanted to ask you. Um, something I didn't warn you ahead of time I was going to ask. So okay. this is a spontaneous question. He didn't know it was coming. So you've, you've preached before at Hillside, uh -huh. but this was your first two-parter like that. Yeah. What's it like starting, you know, you've been in this church since you were young. Mm -hmm. What's it like to get up and just really begin now to preach? And you know, at, at, here at Hillside, we believe the word that comes from the pulpit isn't just for the sake of informing the saints, mm -hmm. but speaking as an oracle of God. It should be prophetic. It should be encouraging. It should, you know, promote a response. So you carry that word like that. And I walked with you as you carried it ahead of time. But what's the experience like to get up and preach for the first time? You know, it's definitely more positive than Jesus' experience in his hometown, for sure. <laughs> Nobody it. tried to run you off a Nobody cliff? Nobody ran me off a okay, cliff, good. but yes, that's, good yeah, that's a reference to when Jesus spoke in his hometown. He didn't have a very good <laughs> response, but no, I've been blessed to have many people come up to me after I preach or even even just in walking in my ministry steps. You know, I started working here part-time a little over a year ago, mm -hmm. um, stepping into ministry role here, um, and I've received a really incredible welcome, and it's been an honor to work here at a place that I love with all my heart and um, growing up here and I have a, I think I was I was 15 yeah when we first started coming here to Hillside so it's been well it's been more than half my life for sure mm -hmm. and that's um, yeah, a wonderful experience and I I think it's the best it's the best way to do do ministry when you can walk with people you know really well um, so yeah I'm honored and it's been been a lot of fun and people know me so I can't make anything up um, I can't tell too many stories about other people because they all know me. And yeah. I, so that or no, no stories is a surprise either because everyone knows my most of my stories. So I got to kind of find original material sometimes too. That could be tough it in your hometown. Yeah. yeah, that's why itinerant preachers have it easier. Yeah, I think so. They could tell the same story 18 times and nobody says, oh, you told that one already. Yeah, that's my greatest fear, by the way, is to tell, repeat a story in a sermon. Oh. And it's probably going to happen at some Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. The more gray hair you get, the more it's, it's, it's going to happen. a lot of gray hair. It's coming yeah. your way. Yep. So what advice would you give to somebody who is carrying a desire to preach, a desire to get up and share, which is a small percentage of the body of Christ. Most people are afraid of the microphone, mm -hmm. afraid of standing up in front of a group, which I hope we can overcome here. But what advice would you give to somebody who's carrying a word like you, uh, well, I gave you the invitation to tell me when you're carrying something so mm -hmm. you could share it. And that's how you ended up preaching this one around. But what would you tell somebody who feels like, I feel like I should be preaching? What would you say to them to get ready for that day? Hmm. Well, I appreciate the, the phrase you shared with me a couple years ago to make a word a living word in your heart. 
And um, you, I think you intentionally gave it a, a very vague definition of what that actually meant. But I, I see it as two different ways. I see it one is as uh, preaching what you already practice. You've said that before too. But also I think there's just an aspect of just a really um, hearing a word from the Lord, letting it marinate for a while, letting it set in your heart, um, and being willing to be uh, obedient to it first, and first and foremost, like I said, but also uh, just give it time. Um, I often will talk to other people in the process of developing a word too, like outside of a outside of a church service, and just say, "Hey, here's what God's speaking to me right now. Does that resonate with you?" Not that I'm not confident about what God has spoken to me, but also just to hear where their heart is. And actually, it helps me too when I'm developing mm-hmm. a word too. And I also see it um, see preaching on a Sunday morning in front of a group of people is a very that's a very heavy, a weighty endeavor. Uh, so I don't take it lightly. Um, I don't think that we should, I think it's right to earnestly desire to, to preach, but I don't want to ever become a place where I only can speak God's word if I have a platform. Like the platform mm. is wherever I, I, I go, that's my platform. That's good. And I'm excited to speak to you know five people in a small group or a hundred people at a church service. So Awesome. Yeah. That's good. That's good wisdom. So you don't just read a book, listen to a podcast, and then repeat what you heard. I mean, there's a temptation there for sure, but you, but you know, there's there's also just a, it's a it's a reality of living a reputation. Yeah. Um, and I I find those words are the most powerful when I can say this is from my own experience, from my own life, from the Spirit of God that's taken time to reside within me. So, yeah, yeah. those are the best kinds of words and the most impactful mm-hmm. for the long term. Well, that's good, and I can yeah. testify that that was exactly. You've already been a wall builder here at Hillside for longer than I've been pastoring here. And it's just great to have you back, or have you in that pulpit, in the saddle, in the pulpit. So a couple of follow-up questions for sure. you then. Uh, the first one is, how can somebody identify their part on the wall that they're called by God to rebuild? So you painted the picture from Nehemiah <laughs> rebuilding mm-hmm. the walls, and there were some spots that each family kind of took that and maybe built that gate. But how does somebody know Beyond the obvious building their own family, I mean, yeah. their part out there in the corporate work of rebuilding a whole city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. You stole half my answer already when you talked oh. about the family, because okay. I think that is important that we start with our families and don't neglect our families in the pursuit of other ministry, too. Um, so I think that's, that's important for sure. I mean, Paul even alluded to that when he said that we... We shouldn't, um, it was easier and better to be single so that you can focus more completely on the ministry mm-hmm. at hand. And I'm not arguing for singleness or anything. I'm married myself. But um, there is that aspect of our first calling should be to our family. Um, but I would say, you know, looking at that, that place, um, you know, look at the story of Nehemiah first. He heard the news of the wall and he wept. And so I, I think that's a, a good example of where you're, when you're beginning to see where the places in the wall you should build, where where is God drawing your heart, and where are you broken over the state of something? Um, for for Hannah in particular, I remember this is what a story that led us to uh, me knowing she was the one. So she wept for the people of Haiti as a, a nation when she heard there was a hurricane uh, hitting the nation, and I began to see in her a compassion that was very attractive. You know, she's a beautiful woman, but even the the compassion she had for the people of Haiti. Led me to believe that that was her, uh, like it was an expansive calling, and so we still have a heart for missions because of that. But something like that, um, I think of Moses who had, you know, before he had the burning bush moment, 
he had the moment in Egypt where he saw the injustice. He saw an Egyptian beating up on two of his brothers, Israelites, fellow Israelites, and he noticed in that place that God, I hate, hate uh, the injustice of slavery. He recognized that. Of course, the response was wrong. He, he killed the guy and buried him in the sand. That's not recommending that. But um, there is an aspect of just seeing what resonates in your heart. Where do you see an injustice in the world? Uh, where do you see a need for the love of Jesus? That's your wall. That's your area to build up again. Um, and I think God does call us um, in a way that's differently than maybe we expect sometimes. Um, for Moses, you know, it was way before the burning bush moment. It was a maybe a subtle call, and it was a repeated call perhaps for him. But for us, I think there's like a whisper of God that keeps mm. keeps talking to us, you know. From our, our own family, we love ministering to, to young men. We've had several young men in our house we've hosted because of the call we have that's specific for us. And that's great to have a specific call too like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a, where I think is a, is a step uh, to start discerning your part of the wall to build is just uh, taking some time with the Lord and saying, God, what, what really breaks my heart? What really do I see looking out is an empty spot that needs filled with the kingdom of God and starting yeah. there first. That's good. That is so good. So not just saying, hey guys, there's a hole in the wall over there. Oh but yeah. But being the one to say, oh, I'll, maybe I should pick up some stones and yeah, I mean, repair I'm, the breach. Yeah, I'm sure you preached on it before, but talking about not just being critical of something is it's easy to be critical, mm. but also saying, okay, if I'm critical of that, perhaps it's God calling me to fix that mm. problem. Yeah. Um, for sure. This is a, kind of a part B that just sure. came to mind as you studied the book of Nehemiah, which I know you did a diligent study, Nehemiah, Haggai, Zechariah, you really obviously spent a good deal of time in the Word mm -hmm. uh, preparing for that. But did you find any families in any of those books that did nothing during that time period and just kind of dwelt in the city and were grateful that there were other people building the wall? Hmm. Uh, you know, I, in, my, in my study, I didn't notice that. I'm sure that's possible that there were a mm -hmm. few. There, were, there was one, there's one chapter, I'll look it up here. So that was a, a question you're asking me off guard here, but... <laughs> Um, well, it was kind of a, a, a trick question, one of those ones I already kind of knew the answer to. It's not really. here, Bible quiz. All right. Go for it, then. No, I was just wondering if that stuck out at you. It did uh, yeah. me when I studied the book a few years ago. Yeah. That the it one wasn't. thing that they all had in common, they were different gates, different mm -hmm. parts of the wall, but nobody was just watching mm. and giving a critique of, hey, you know, you should really, hey, that stone's crooked. There was none of that going on. Yeah. Well, that's good. We need more people actually active. Thank you for... But what did you, what came to mind for you? There was a family, and I'm going to blank on, it might take a minute for me to figure, find this out. You'll see me blushing on cameras and trying to find it, but... Or find uh, Nehemiah in the Bible, too. I'll prepare a follow-up question while Thank you're you. doing that then. Here, um, so I think you may have answered my second question sure. yeah. already, but how did you come... Uh, I want to know how to identify the TT fly in... In my life, how can somebody know what that issue is, that thing that you were afraid of as a child, which now I've never thought of that when we've gone to Liberia before, but now I will be wondering what a titi fly is and what it looks like. No, yeah. but to, to deal with that fear and practical steps on how to confront sure. that fear, especially with our children, because that those kind of fear issues are real and kids pick up on things we don't even know mm -hmm. that they 
took and, and all of a sudden they're terrified of something we don't know why mm -hmm. but I'll go ahead what did you uh yeah <clears throat> um there I think it's in I'm gonna find it in Ezra or Nehemiah here in my study but there were actually some some elders who had um not wanted to enter into the building of it oh, um mm -hmm. or I'm not finding the exact passage right now but you're right I think it's a there is definitely a need to be actively engaged in all the building and not just sit and, and mm -hmm. watch and if I find the scripture, I'll post it in the comments below. All right. But yeah, <laughs> to, to yeah. go back to your question, though, your second question. Yeah, the, uh, the TC fly, um, that's a crazy spelling, by the way, if you're a nerd with uh, Lex Bugs. But, um, I didn't look it up. I, yeah, anyway. I, just, I thought yeah, it was T-E-T-E. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I think of the, the scripture in 2 Corinthians where it says we take every thought captive, hmm. hold it obedient to Christ. Um, and I love the picture that Hannah's actually shared with our boys when we struggle with, with fears in our, our boys' hearts when they're younger. You know, almost the picture of taking a thought uh, as if it's like a squirming rat, holding it up, shaking it, and, and making it obedient to Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something that I'd only be, begun to learn as a young child, and, and we never to teach that to our kids, to, take, to be a judge and jury prosecutor of your own thoughts is another way to look at it and you're you're saying um, I have a thought coming in can I step back from this thought for a little bit even if it's a scary one and hold it up and make it obedient to Christ is it bringing fear in my life is that from Christ is that a is that a repentance type motion or is it really a fear that's that's causing me to feel a heaviness in a wrong way and so holding that obedient to Christ is, is uh, important too um, I think a second answer to that question might be from um, now I'm blanking on the scripture, but yeah, I'm sorry. Matthew 12 talks about Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he talks to them about um, when an evil spirit leaves your house, mm -hmm. that it's um, don't just leave it empty. Yeah. He was talking to the Pharisees about, you know, in a way, kind of complimenting them in a, uh, in a way because he said, you know, your system of cleaning the house is good to a certain extent, but their houses were in order, they were swept clean, he said, but they were empty. And so the other part of that is, besides holding thoughts obedient to Christ, we're also filling our hearts with good things, with yeah, the man. presence of Jesus in our life. Um, so I, I immediately thought of, uh, well, Dr. Carolyn Leaf is a great follow-up book. Anything she writes is really good about this. And yeah. Crazy encouraging, too. She talks to people with Parkinson's who have just changed their thoughts and actually reduced symptoms of diseases like Parkinson's and other diseases, so pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, but what she shares that, that's encouraging to me is it's a, it's a diligent, continuous uh, process of uh, changing the way you think, step-by-step, mm. step, moment by moment. And so, Amen. yeah, that's, a, that's probably the, the way to get rid of a TC fly is a step-by-step step process, day-by-day, minute-by-minute. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I was, I'm pretty much older now than I was when I first feared TC flies. So I'm not sure how long the process took, but it wasn't overnight. It was a couple days, weeks, months before I felt free of that fear mm -hmm. totally. And it's because of that continual process of thinking new yeah. thoughts. Amen. Yeah. So that's Who Switched Off My Brain by Caroline Leaf. Yes, right? thank and there's you. There's a devotional that goes with it. If you do wrestle with fear, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that is a phenomenal. Book for any kind of thoughts, bitterness, fear, anxiety, whatever, negative mm -hmm. thoughts that do in fact release negative chemicals in your brain. But that's a, that's a really good work and I think a must read for everybody. Absolutely. If you have a TT fly in your life, now you have some wisdom and a 
a place to go to learn how to take your thoughts captive. But Definitely. thank you, Todd. That yeah. was a fantastic message, a two-parter. We've never had a guest ministry come in and share a two-part, and that's the first time somebody in-house has yeah, shared it was, that. Yeah, it was a lot and, of fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and for those of you wondering, we are, we're a little bit behind, obviously. We're recording this today, and Todd preached two weeks ago. We'll be interviewing Stephanie next week from her message from this past Sunday. So that'll give you a little bit more time to catch up and listen to that one. And we've got some intense follow-up questions on that one, too. And, uh, and then I'll be back preaching eventually here as soon as God stops giving everybody else the, the word for the week. I'm delighted to have Todd and Stephanie and Patty raised up in the house as preachers, and there are others in the house too. I want you to know that we're eager to share the pulpit with whoever has the word of the Lord for this house. So thank you for taking the time to come and answer these hard questions today. Absolutely, yeah. And thanks for joining us today. God bless you.